0: Michelle Thew is the global CEO of Cruelty Free International. Cruelty Free International has been campaigning for animal rights for over 100 years, dating back to 1898. Some of their key achievements in this time have been the introduction of cruelty free cosmetic laws across the US and Europe, campaigning for animals in lab testing facilities, and then resulting in thousands of animals being saved. I understand that this topic can be particularly difficult for many people, but I think that it is really important for us to have a better understanding of the issue. So Michelle, I am so excited to share all of your words of wisdom with our audience. But first of all, how did you get into
1: campaigning for animal rights? Well, thanks, Lottie. And it's great to be here. And I know you have a passionate audience. So it's great to be able to share these issues with them. I started my journey when I was very young. So I was that girl at school that was writing the letters and doing the protesting. And I went vegetarian when I was 13 and then vegan soon after that when I went off to university and have always just had the passion. I spent the first part of my career, after my psychology, working with children and families with special needs, particularly deaf children, and loved that, Um, was passionate about it, but had always had that animal protection issue burning Mm. and was still doing all that kind of campaigning and work in my spare time. And then the opportunity came up to be the chief executive of what was then called BUAV, the British organisation. So I transitioned across. And obviously, now I am so fortunate to actually do a job that directly aligns with my values. So I'm paid to do something that I'm passionate about and and love and would talk about in my spare time anyway.
0: (laughs) No, it sounds ideal. It sounds perfect for you. And I think it's one of those things that Animal rights has always been there in the background, but to actually be able to turn it into your career, I think is a really exciting and unique position that you're
1: in. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And also, I think we've seen sort of animal protection become more and more and more of a a mainstream concern. And, you know, now we're getting to the stage and hopefully we can talk about that later, about the progress that there's been and to have been able to have been part of that and witnessed that during my lifetime is terrific.
0: No, it is very exciting. So let's kind of dig in and find out a little bit more about exactly what Cruelty Free International is. But also, in general, for our audience, I only found out the answer to these questions a couple of months ago when I was talking to you about an article that I was writing. But I don't think I really thought too much about what animal testing in makeup in particular meant. In my kind of, I don't know, my naivety, I thought that it was literally bunnies getting mascara put on their eyelashes or being washed with the latest shampoo. But in actual reality, it is far more dire than that. So what does animal testing most commonly involve?
1: That's a common misconception. So you're not alone. So Cruelty Free International as an organisation works on animal testing broadly. And we've particularly over the last few decades led efforts around the use of animals to test beauty and consumer products. So we work with governments nationally, internationally, we work with the UN on sustainable development, we work with great businesses to transition them to cruelty free. And all of that is because we want to drive animal testing Out of supply chains. And you're right, there can be a perception that this is about, you know, a rabbit with shampoo. But actually, we're never really talking about testing the finished product. So effectively, you're talking about chemical testing and that's toxicity testing. It's looking at the effects of that substances. On animals, so that can be, you know, putting the substance into an eye, a rabbit, for example, to test for irritancy and effects. It can be applying a substance to the skin, for example, scraping the skin off the back of a guinea pig, applying the substance to see the effects, or it can be looking at the internal effects, the toxicity. So you're effectively talking about chemicals testing and those then being the ingredients that we use in everyday consumer products. And that's the kind of testing that cruelty free international is working to bring an end to both by encouraging great brands to do the right thing and also by working with regulators and scientists to transition to more effective more modern non animal methods of testing
0: i think we're in a really exciting point now where we have those non animal methods of testing because i think it would really help your case i can imagine because i feel like 50 years ago, people were going, well, we need to test it on somebody. We're not really sure about what's going on now. So it's really exciting that those alternatives do exist. Are they readily available or and accessible?
1: Yeah, you're you're absolutely right, Lottie, to put your finger on this being an exciting transition point. Because when you think back with Cruelty Free International and the work that we do, this has always been a moral and ethical course, essentially. This is about Bringing an end to cruelty to animals. That's why we exist. That's why we were founded all of those years ago. But actually, now we're not just pushing on a moral agenda. This is also a scientific cause. And that's because those non animal methods are much more effective and much more reliable. They're more relevant to humans. They are widely available. So, for example, you know, you're talking about using the power of computer modeling, looking at the Properties of existing data, for example, looking at cell cultures. And even in the last couple of decades, we've seen rapid advancements in areas like reconstructed human skin, for example. So you can test an ingredient on a model of human skin rather than on a rabbit or a guinea pig, which self evidently is more effective and more reliable. So what we're now saying is yes, of course, we want this to come to an end for moral reasons. But actually, it's better for product safety and for the end user that we use the most effective, most modern methods that are available.
0: No, it does. it really just makes sense. But I think up until a couple of years ago, there were quite a few regulations surrounding animal testing. I think it was in China, and even in Australia, I correct me if I'm wrong it was mandatory for animals to be used for testing on certain different consumer products. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, there's been rapid advancement, which has been great. So this is exactly the kind of change that we've been working for and pushing for. So we saw a change initially in the European Union around 2013 when a ban on testing and import came into place. And then we've seen country after country kind of follow that lead with more and more testing bans coming into place. And obviously, there's a partial ban now in Australia that applies to new cosmetics ingredients. So there are still issues around ingredients that are tested maybe for other purposes. So this is not what we'd call a a complete ban, which is why consumers still need to be aware. But it's definitely a step in the right direction. The position has also changed globally around China. Cruelty-Free International a few years ago started a pilot program with the Chinese authorities to try and pilot a route through for cruelty-free brands into China because historically China had required additional animal testing for brands entering the market and that impacted a lot of cruelty-free brands in Australia where that's a big market. So we worked with the Chinese authorities to try and proved that you could bring great cruelty-free products into market. And now actually the regulations have changed in China. That's been a development in the last couple of years that is really welcome for Australian brands because it means that there is a route through now potentially for leaping bunny-approved brands who want to sell into China. And that's an important step for the global cosmetics market. And it's part of that drive we're seeing country by country. And we're now taking that issue onto a global level up to the UN to push for a resolution to signal the world is moving away from the testing of beauty products on animals.
0: Wow, it is just so exciting and I can't believe yes sir, 2013, so that was 10 years ago was kind of when this whole snowball happened in the EU and it's really exciting to see how far it's come and it's gone. Has it been is education one of the key
1: things that you, factors that you have to work with when you're kind of talking to all of these different groups? It is. It's education. It's getting the word out with people like you, which is why this kind of conversation is so important. And it's also, frankly, constant determination and vigilance because, you know, you think that you've taken lots of steps forward and then you look, even in the European Union, We've had to launch a citizen's initiative to stop the testing of chemicals that are going into cosmetics products on animals. So even now, we're still facing, you know, with new legislation, new threats with chemicals that are ending up in cosmetics still being tested on animals. So you have to be determined, continually vigilant but positive about the future. And you're right, definitely consumer power and education is important because brands listen when they hear that this is what consumers want to see. And we're seeing that across the whole sustainability agenda, as you know very well, that kind of drive there now is for sustainability and for transparency is really helping us because consumers are making their voices known to business.
0: No, it is a very exciting time. So from a brand's perspective, is obtaining the kind of the Leaping Bunny program, being part of the Leaping Bunny program or obtaining kind of the, I don't know, the cruelty-free international
1: ticket of approval, is it difficult for brands to be certified cruelty-free? The Leaping Bunny program is Cruelty-Free International's kind of global gold standard, So it's the best that a brand can do to prove that they've done all they can. So it is challenging for a brand to achieve. And that is right because it's real and it requires commitment and transparency. But it's not impossible. You know, a thousand brands internationally have achieved that approval. But what it requires is a real commitment from the brand to transparency to working right down to the level of an individual ingredient. This goes beyond the testing of finished products. It goes down to suppliers and manufacturer level. It requires checking every ingredient in that supply chain and critically that business having a commitment to how they will do business in future. So regular monitoring external auditing, having a system in place to regularly collect evidence of of animal testing in the supply chain. So, you know, yes, there are challenges for businesses. There is chemicals testing that's required under various international regimes. We're helping brands navigate that and be the best they can be. So, yes, it requires commitment. It requires diligence. And that's why we want to celebrate those brands that have achieved it, because they have walked the extra mile.
0: No, it is very, it's great to see. And I think it just gives that kind of more reliability.
1: Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.
0: When you kind of see that leaping bunny on the back of a product, you can go, these brands mean business and they really are going that extra mile, as you say, for the planet and for animals as well, which is really great to see. So if a brand is Leaping Bunny certified. It, does that mean internationally it's a cruelty-free brand or is it just in that kind of region?
1: No, this is a global approval program. So you may have in Australia, international brands selling in the market, you know, Garnier, Evader, The Body Shop, who are approved by us, who are selling into Australia. And then you can also have Australian brands who get that approval, who are then um, Boost Lab, for example, we've just approved, who are then Selling internationally. So, this is a global approval. So, once you actually achieve that approval, then you can use that leaping bunny mark globally in your markets. So, you know, you will have some great global brands that are selling into Australia, but also some homegrown Australian brands. And once they're approved by us, they can sell internationally. It's a particularly exciting time for Australia with the approval because, as you know, a couple of years ago, we actually merged with Choose Cruelty Free, which was the Australian approval programme. And they're now part of the global Cruelty Free International Leaping Bunny family. So that really expands the range of brands that we're now working with. So it's kind of watch this space. This will be an exciting year for Australian brands.
0: No, I really cannot wait. And just wanted to also clarify something because this, again, is something that I learned when we were talking a couple of months ago. I think it's a common misconception that if a product is vegan, that it is cruelty-free. Break down that myth. <laughs>
1: yes, you're absolutely right. You're hitting all the top myths today, which is great. Yes, it's a really common misconception and it's probably one of the questions we get asked most And I think it's really important that people understand these are discrete and different claims. So to be Leaping Bunny approved, companies that work with us are looking at the animal testing that's gone on behind the scenes, animal testing of the ingredients in their products. That's very different to a vegan claim. A vegan claim is about the actual ingredients, what those ingredients are. So is there honey or milk or lanolin or beeswax in the product? They're different claims. And if you are a vegan who's concerned about animal testing, you need to look for both because it's not the case that a product that's approved as vegan will necessarily have driven animal testing right out of their supply chain. So it's important that you look for both. What we are finding, however, is more and more of the brands that we work with are offering more and more either wholly or partially vegan ranges because they recognize that's what consumers want. So we indicate that. So if you are looking for a brand that is leaping bunny and also offers products that are vegan or vegetarian, then we have that search criteria on our website and you can find that out. But they are actually different and distinct claims. But most of the forward-looking ethical brands that we work with will be able to tick both boxes.
0: Now, I think it's one of those things. The other day I was trying to find a vegan lip balm that's obviously also cruelty-free. And it was so difficult and so hard because so many of them use those things like um, lanolin or beeswax or something like that. And it was just like, I don't know, trying to find a needle in the haystack.
1: Yes, it, it does take, I mean, it's getting easier. You know, the days when you had to walk halfway across town to find the health food store to get your favourite brand are increasingly behind us. And one of the things I've really been keen to do as part of the Leaping Bunny programme is to make this a mainstream in the mall, on the high street, in your local store issue. Because we really want to make sure that products are available, you know, in drugstores, in supermarkets, in everyday retailers. So The range of products now is expanding from, you know, mass market brands through to, you know, those brands that are more high end or more luxury. So we're seeing that range improve, but it's still really important that consumers are aware, which is why this kind of conversation really helps and that, you know, they look for leaping bunny products and they look for products that are vegan if that matters to them. No,
0: it's, yeah, it's, it's great to see. And then just kind of jumping back to the businesses side of things, for kind of a small business, what is the process the same for getting Cruelty Free International the Leaping Bunny Program? Is, it, is there kind of more guidance with that? Because obviously they don't have as much kind of control and power because they're getting such small quantities from their suppliers.
1: Yeah, it's a great question. The process is essentially the same in that a brand is committing to that transparency, to an audit, to checking through their supply chain. But what you'll find with a smaller brand is their supply chain is inevitably more narrow. The range of ingredients that they have, the range of supplies that they have will be smaller. So they may only be checking with a few suppliers. Whereas if you look at a brand the size of Garnier, you know, they've got thousands of ingredients and hundreds of suppliers. So with complexity generally comes a scaling up of business and businesses rely on us at different levels. So those smaller, very often we'll have kind of one woman entrepreneurs who have started their own business and have started with a small range of products, and we will hold their hand through the process. But they're likely only to be working with a small number of suppliers. So the challenge isn't as great. But then when you scale up to some of the multinationals we work with, the challenge is greater, but then they have resource and staff team and presence in the market and kind of wait with suppliers to drive that change so it kind of scales according to the business so we have companies right from very small you know almost one or two line startups right through to global multinationals and we flex our support for them accordingly.
0: No it's great I feel like yeah it's kind of like each of them has a challenges but you're there to support them either way so one kind of or two more things that I want to quickly chat to you about is greenwashing so we just spoke about kind of the the struggles between something having a vegan tick of approval and then also cruelty free and consumers not really knowing how to shop for something that is actually Better for the planet, but also better for animals. So, how can people confidently shop for products and brands that are doing the right thing?
1: I mean, it's a real issue. And you will know because of everything that you do in this space that actually, as the demand for sustainable products and the demand for ethical and eco friendly products has grown, so have the number of people coming into the market to say, hey, we can meet that demand. And actually, We started the Leaping Bunny program way back when in order to deal with that issue because brands were recognizing that customers wanted cruelty-free products and they were using their own labels, their own bunnies, their own claims. I've lost count of the number of different bunnies that I've seen on different packages over the years. (laughs) And in order to kind of simplify the process, we came together with other animal protection organisations and and put the Leaping Bunny programme together. And that's why we say to consumers, you know, I'm not saying don't trust all of these brands inevitably. But what I am saying is that if you want to know what you're buying, the Leaping Bunny criteria are very clear, you know what a brand has done in order to meet that. Um, I mean, it's great that brands want to talk about being cruelty free and why that matters because you can see that's important to consumers but we want brands to stand behind that with a solid program so we say in the cruelty free space you know that's why that third-party approval matters and look for a brand that has achieved that
0: yeah I agree and I think we're starting to see it come a a kind of across the whole sustainability industry is If you want to make a claim, then it needs to be backed by somebody else other than yourself. Because yes. I can go around saying that I am the most amazing thing since sliced bread, but without the sliced bread tick of approval, no one's going to believe me.
1: Yeah, and actually there's a lot of work happening in that space around claims. So in Australia, for example, Accord for Australia Australasia has put together a code of practice for businesses talking about labelling. And has recognised the Leaping Bunny programme as one of those third party approvals that's desirable for businesses to have. So I think we're all pushing in the same direction because we want to make sure that the information that consumers get is fair and transparent and reliable. And that's why you know we're working with lots of brands all of the time. But I don't talk about that work externally until they've actually met the Leaping Bunny seal of approval because I don't want confusion for consumers in the marketplace. And that's also why we don't do individual lines. So we won't, for example, if a business comes to us say, oh, yeah, this is our eco range or our green range and you can have the Leaping Bunny for that. So this shampoo is Leaping Bunny and this isn't. We say to a business, if a consumer recognises your brand name and they walk into store, we don't want them to be confused at the point of purchase about whether something's Leaping Bunny or it isn't. So it's all of ASOP. it's all of the body shop. And we think that's really important because we don't want businesses to say, okay, here's our ethical line. But over here, we've got the rest of our product offering, we, we want to do that holistically at a whole brand level.
0: I wish some of the fast fashion labels would also take a bit of your advice as well then that would be amazing to see one final question for you what is one actionable thing that our listeners can do tomorrow
1: to help save our planet they can go to the crueltyfreeinternational.org website so they can do can I say two things um they can think about their shopping and purchasing decisions. So shop with the Leaping Bunny. If you've got a favorite brand that isn't Leaping Bunny, let them know and let us know. We work positively with businesses. We're not naming and shaming. We're encouraging great brands to do the right thing. So if you have a favorite that isn't Leaping Bunny, ask them why not and tell us So we can make sure we get them on the program and then obviously support our work, you know, support our work by signing our petitions, getting involved, shopping ethically, spreading the word, make a donation, help us to grow and to get this issue over the line globally. That's more than one thing. I'm so sorry, Lottie. I'm so sorry. That's more than one thing. But there we are. (laughs) That's okay. I will forgive you because they were two very good pieces of advice. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you. And thanks for everything you do, because we are one organisation, you know, with we have that determination and the ambition, but we are small and actually working with people like you that have a voice and an audience and, you know, people that are listening to you really makes a difference. So thank you for helping us spread the word. And anytime I can help, just let me know. Oh, thank you.